Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Captain Hunter's Podcast, a podcast that is dedicated towards bridging the divide between the police and the communities that they serve. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really, really appreciate it, your love and support. Please make sure that you do the most important thing, and that's rate, subscribe, and share these episodes. Rate these episodes no matter what platform you're listening to them on. Apple, Google, Spotify, Spreaker, Breaker, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, no matter where you're listening to this podcast at. Hit that uh, subscribe button, hit that rate button, give it the thumbs up, give it the five stars, etc. Also, make sure that you're sharing these episodes with your family, with your friends, with your co-workers, uh, and any, anyone else that you know, whether you like them, and even if you don't like them, <laughs> make sure that you share Captain Hunter's podcast with them. Also, uh, subscribe to these episodes, right, so you can make sure that you are in the know and in the loop as to when and when, when and where the newest episodes are coming out. So do all those methods. We're going to jump right into the episode today. Today we have, uh, in light of what's going on around the country, uh, of course, back in January 6th, we had the insurrection uh, that now people are turning into a day of tourism, uh, just the craziness that's going on with that particular psychology. We had an insurrection of uh, Trump supporting nationalists, others, uh, deceived people following this man his words, his whims, and uh, trying to stop the uh, U.S. Uh, election process. And as a result of that, um, once again, people are uh, trying to turn that day and trying to um, uh, just deceive the rest of the public and try to change the narrative of what happened on that particular day. But we're not going to let them. We're going to keep this mind, uh, this frame of mind, uh, and what actually happened as burned in our skulls as 9-11. Because to me, it's the same thing. So in light of that, I had a uh, guest on. His name is Ricky Green. He's a Ph.D. student uh, from the University of Kent over in England. Uh, so he was kind enough to come on the show. Now, he, we recorded this episode quite some time ago. Um, but in light of the January 6th uh, commission that is going on as I released this, uh, I, I just thought it was very, very important to, to talk about so we have Ricky Green, he's from the University of Kent. He's a PhD student uh, studying psychology, the psychology of um, why people believe crazy things, the psychology of, in the psychology of conspiracy theories. So we're gonna jump right into the episode here. Uh, so here is my interview with uh, Ricky Green, a PhD student, University of Kent, looking at the psychology of conspiracy theories. Thank you so much to my special guest, Ricky Green, for coming on Captain Hunter's podcast. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you're across the pond there. You're in Ireland? Is that where you're from? I know. England. 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 Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. I don't, I don't want to confuse the two there. I don't, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you guys are still beefing or whatever's going on. Now. No, no. Not at the moment. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hopefully okay. not again. But, um, well, mm. yeah. Well, we can only we can only hope, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, so just tell the audience just a little bit about yourself, if you would. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so I'm Ricky. Um, I'm doing a PhD in uh, psychology, and I'm looking at uh, my my specialism is the psychology of conspiracy theories, and uh, I'm trying to understand, you know, what draws people to them, what psychological factors, and in particular, uh, I'm looking at like attachment styles which is the way that we approach relationships. Now it might seem you know, a bit far-fetched to why would they predict conspiracy belief, but 
there are like some reasons to that. This is why I'm doing my PhD on it. <laughs> there is something there. So I'd be happy to talk a bit, bit more about that uh, later on. But yeah, that's what I'm doing. Psychology of conspiracy theories. Um, hopefully I know quite a bit about the literature and I should be able to tell you, tell you some about it. I, I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, I've been getting a lot more uh, Brits on my show here, so I really appreciate that. Maybe I can grow yeah. my audience over. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so did you always want to get your PhD or do you always want to study psychology or how, how um, yeah, it, it came about like a bit, I had a really, really early, like midlife crisis, <laughs> like 24. You're almost ready for the grave now. huh? I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, do you know, I, I was working in retail, uh, since I left school and, um, you know, it was fine. I was kind of doing well, um, I was the manager at one point, but you know, it's just like the hours. I don't know. I just didn't really have. I didn't enjoy it, you know. And I wanted to enjoy my work, and so um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I decided to. I had the enjoyment in uh, like learning about psychology, so I thought I'd just give that a go. Uh, here in the UK, we all have an opportunity to do a, uh, a degree with a student loan. So um, you know, I took up my opportunity, and yeah, I'm so happy I did that because um, I found something that I really enjoy. Um, so yeah, continued. As soon as I started my degree, I was like, right, I definitely want to carry on. And do research in psychology. I didn't know exactly quite what area then, but it was towards um, when I finished my masters. No, it was during my masters that I realised that um, I realised that there was actually a field of the psychology of conspiracy theories, and I was like, "Wow, I want to get into that." So, uh, yeah, that's that's how I got into it. So you weren't a conspiracy theory uh, nut before, were you? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, actually, to so say in that, like, uh, there's there's obviously reasons why everyone, most psychologists, are probably. There's reasons why they're looking into the areas that they are. Um, and actually, you know, I used to entertain conspiracy theories, my friends, uh, you know, back in the day when we was hanging around with each other. Um, we'd watch some videos sometimes. And yeah, not not not, not the really far out stuff like, you know, the Queen's a lizard and stuff like that. But The um, Queen is a lizard? Yeah, have you heard? Have you not heard this? So I... shape-shifting. <laughs> <laughs> That's a okay. new one for me. <laughs> yeah, and I think this one actually kind of came from the UK as well, from David Icke. He's... Um, He's a really renowned conspiracy theorist. And um, he created this. He never really created it. It's come from like sci from sci-fi movies and stuff like that. This is where this idea has come from. But basically, there is shape-shifting lizard over <laughs> overlords that are actually controlling. <laughs> yeah. And the queen is one of them. The queen is a shape-shifting lizard. In fact, anyone who's in power is a shape-shifting lizard uh, who's controlling us. But them conspiracy theories are not you know, super widespread. They're, they're quite fringe, uh, but they do exist. <laughs> um, so yeah, what I was trying to say is I'm not really, never really got into that sort of stuff, but you know, like um, that the world's controlled by a small amount of few and you know, that's why you can't, you know, can't get on in life. And you know, it just, it just gives an easy answer as to, to why, you know, life's difficult sometimes, right? Um, so yeah, I did entertain them a little bit, but funny enough, like as I did my degree and stuff, I kind of, I had a better understanding of the world, right, and how it actually kind of works. And, you know, maybe not everything is all conspiratorial, you know, as it might seem. But, um, yeah, just I think if we're doing my degree and realizing, learning more about the world, I kind of realized that a lot of this stuff is a bit bonkers. <laughs> well, well, some stuff, like, like I think, I mean, obviously the lizard, shape-shifting lizard stuff is really, you know, kind of really out there. And, mm. and fortunately, that's on the fringe. Mm. Um, but uh, but some stuff is not. I think you mentioned this in one of the papers that you sent sent me, either you or or Miss Karen there. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know when people um, like Harvey Oswald uh, had someone 
not Harvey Oswald, the guy who shot JFK. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's meant to be meant to be him. Yeah, uh, yeah, Oswald. but, but yeah, he yeah. might have helped, had some help. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was that? That was Lee Harvey. Who was that? Uh, yes, I think it was Harvey Oswald. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why am I having a brain fart? Yeah, it was Lee Harvey Oswald. <laughs> so he might have had some help. Somebody in the in the green bushes there, and on the you know, mm-hmm. um, and uh, in, you know, and the world being run by you know by a select few. I actually kind of believe that one. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the few billionaires that are running mm-hmm. everything. You know, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that one's not not too far fetched. No, um, but yeah, I mean the thing is, I think a lot of them have a kernel of truth in them, right? And mm-hmm. I think this is maybe what you're getting at as well. Um, you know, there's there is a kernel of truth, and this is what I mean about how I kind of stopped seeing everything in maybe a conspiratorial way. Like, you know, I I still do believe that there's a select few, but uh, you know, making decisions. But I see that as just that's like capitalism. That's just CEOs making decisions behind closed doors, you know, for for their company's benefit, you know, and stuff like that. And I think we can extrapolate too much of that and call it conspiracy when actually it's just the way the world works. If that makes if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Yeah. yeah. I, I definitely I definitely mm. agree with that. Um, mm. So you sent me some stuff and I took some snapshots of it and unfortunately mm. I forgot to uh to link it to some stuff but I want to get into <laughs> why people believe this stuff and yep. the reason I want to have a conversation with you is because while this stuff has been on the fringe right now mm. it's becoming almost mainstream in in the American mm. psyche mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. they, they're voting these people into office I don't know if mm. you've been following yeah. you know politics yeah. but, and you know now we have this woman I think she's I forget her name but she I think she's like a Alabama yeah. I can't remember her name, but she's a QAnon supporter, right? Like, that... Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think there's a couple. There's a couple. There's one in Congress as well, I think. Uh, yeah, so you actually have quite a few, yeah, conspiracy, high conspiracy believers as well. And, you're... and it's scaring the hell out of me, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So I, I can't I can't understand it. Um, mm. So I want, if you could help us to understand, mm. you know, this type of thing. And you talked about it a little bit, and we'll try to get into that a little bit. But here's something that you uh that one is one of the papers I think that you wrote. I, mm-hmm. I can't remember the paper. I just took yeah. a snapshot. I was reading about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, says so uh, Douglas Staten and Chica Chica Chioska. Chioska. Th- thanks. Chioska. <laughs> uh, <laughs> reason that conspiracy theories are appealing to individuals because they appear to satisfy three types of psychological needs: mm-hmm. the social, the need to maintain positive self-image of oneself mm-hmm. and one's group; mm-hmm. the epistemic, uh, the need to be certain, consistent, and accurate; and the mm-hmm. existential, the need for security and control. Can you mm-hmm. just elaborate on those three needs? If, if yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, so so that that conclusion there. So that's come from a review paper on like nearly like twenty years now worth of research on the psychology of conspiracy theories, because um, it really started off about twenty years ago, and in these last ten years, it's really exploded. And um, because of the interest in them, so researchers are now wanting to know. And because of that, uh, this is where that 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 sentence that you've re- uh, read out. That's a conclusion from all of this research that um, my supervisor, Professor Karen Douglas and colleagues carried out. And it shows that there's many different reasons why people are drawn to conspiracy theories. But broadly, it's these three motivations that appear to be um, like consistent uh, predictors of these beliefs. So if I start with um, like uh, the existential need, I'll start with that, because that's actually what my research focuses on. Um, And basically we all have a need to feel secure and in control of our lives, right? Um, and if that need is uh, thwarted and we don't feel secure, then well, what we're seeing is that the, that that leads people to um, uh, to conspiracy theories. And there's loads of reasons why that that might be. And so, for instance, like my, in my research, I'm looking at something called um, 
attachment styles and most people are secure in their attachment styles and there's two things that really underlie i'm sorry when i mean attachment style i mean your approach to relationships like whether you feel secure or insecure and this is where the this existential um bit comes in because some people feel insecure in relationships and that and there's a particular attachment um style called attachment anxiety which um they have negative views of themselves, but they have positive views of others. So when there's distress that's happening in their lives, they are they feel like they can't deal with it themselves, so they need others for help. And what they tend to do sometimes is catastrophize problems and 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 other situations in their life. And that that's why we think that this attachment anxiety uh, predicts like higher conspiracy belief because people with attachment anxiety have a higher propensity to see threats and stuff like that um is, is this is this clear like what um yeah well, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, I understand. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah so um so that's that's one example uh of this like internal existential threat that someone can have people with insecure uh relationship styles lead them to um see things in more catastrophic ways and it kind of makes sense with conspiracy theories because they just seem like they just make things seem worse than what they actually are um i do want to ask a question about that mm. you said that they see themselves in a negative light do you think that they see themselves in a negative light if you ask them how they how would they view themselves yes. do you think that yeah yeah so so yeah when we measure attachment uh in in like a survey uh you know there's and these questionnaires have had lots of research behind them. So every statement, you know, is um, there's a lot of thought gone into it where we're really trying to tap into these styles that people have. And yet the reason why I say they report um, this, the, 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 the statements that they are asked to agree or disagree on, um, they are items like, you know, I can't, I can't deal with like, you know, I can't do, I can't deal with uh, situations by myself. You know, they just feel helpless and vulnerable, uh, but then, the other questions which will tap into other um like secure um attachment styles would be wouldn't reflect that their them sort of uh, statements so yeah the questions we ask they really do get at the fact that they have um like negative views of themselves like they feel like they're incapable of dealing with life's problems so they they really look to other people whereas on the other hand like people who have secure attachment styles they have positive views of themselves and positive views of others you know, and they're much more able to deal with life's problems, you know, by themselves. Uh, they don't need to like catastrophize and, and get the attention of others and things like that. <clears throat> now you talk about these attachment styles. And one thing I did read, and I want you to go mm. through the other two, other two in a second here. But I, I remember reading that, that a lot of these people basically have like, like, like mommy issues right i mean i mean i don't mean to be insulting but the, but these are the attachment type of things right that they yeah yeah that they're looking for some type of parental figure right that mm -hmm. and i would assume that that's why a lot of people looked up to donald trump mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people are, and still look up to this to this guy mm -hmm. and, and and maybe even join cults can, can mm -hmm. you speak a little bit about that yeah um yeah for sure i mean on on that particular like point I'm trying to think of like other motives are more. I mean, yeah, the, the existential motives. Part of them is that you feel insecure, or it's not just. So there's two parts of existential motives that there's internal existential threats, and that's the first thing I was talking about, like in anxieties, like stuff that is just in you that mm. um, you know it's nothing to do with the outside world. Some people just unfortunately feel anxious more than others. So that's like a, an internal existential. Um, um, 
uh, predictor of these beliefs. But then there are other existential threats that we can face, and these are like external ones. So, you know, uh, terrorist attacks and things like that. Now, when these sort of external threats like come to us, we might then look to powerful, you know, who we think are powerful figures, right? And um, that's why maybe Donald Trump, you know, as much as I don't think he, he, he portrays himself as a powerful man and things like that, um, you know, whether he is or not, that's up for debate. But, you know, the fact that um, he puts himself across like that and says that he will be the defender of all of these things that maybe the, the you know, if there's conspiracy theories about the left, he's saying he's going to defend it all. Then, yeah, there's maybe... I, I, it's hard. I'm, it's hard to make the connection between like these attachment styles on that and, and this particular motivation towards like Donald Trump because I haven't really researched that. So I'm just kind of thinking off top top of my head here. But like you know, for people who have these anxieties, yeah, people who uh, like Donald Trump who are saying that they're going to defend, um, you know, what it is that they believe in, then yeah, they may be more inclined to to trust Donald Trump because they see him as a strong figure. But the connection between attachment and I'm just trying to draw it in my head now. It's something that could be researched, I think. It's a good question. Um, mm. But yeah, I think like these insecurities could draw people to strong men um, figures for sure. Mm. 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 Uh, you, you talk about this, the, the other uh, social uh, determinants there. Of, yeah. Uh, uh, psychological needs that the social mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, need to maintain positive image of oneself or the group. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a few. So most of these motives that you're reading out, so like the social mode, the existential one that I said that there's two types of existential internal threats, external threats with the social with the, there's three types of social motivation as well. So we, uh, you know, we have ourselves that are in our social groups are us as individuals, but then we also have relationships. So there's you know, uh, our, our dyadic relationships with one other people, uh, with uh, with one other person. But then we have our collective relationships with our groups as well. So there's three types of like relationships that we have socially. Um, and the first one, like if you talk about the individual self, where it's not really concerned about like others, but it's about, basically we all, we all have a kind of a need to feel unique compared to others, like some more than others. And, you know, this individual need to feel unique is something that predicts conspiracy belief. And uh, the reason the, the reasons that have been given for that is that um, if you believe in conspiracy theories, then you hold unique knowledge, uh, unique knowledge that no one else knows. Right. So then you're you're unique to everyone else because the rest are sheep. So for some people who want to be you who want to feel unique compared to others in their social groups. Um, yeah, they're more likely to believe in conspiracy theories. Um, because of this need for uniqueness. And, you know, narcissism as well. So some people are narcissistic. And people with narcissism uh, have been shown to have a high need for uniqueness as well. And relationship, also, uh, sorry, and the literature also shows that conspiracy belief is predicted by narcissism uh, too. Um, now, on a collective level as well, so when you're narcissistic, you think that you're, you know, you're great, but other people don't appreciate you. Um, well, the there is a collective narcissism. There is collective narcissism, narcissism as well. So I need to drink my drink here. <laughs> um, where you can feel that your group is great, but other countries do not appreciate uh, or undervalue your group or your country. And people with collective narcissism have been shown to predict um, belief in conspiracy theories about like other countries. Um, so I think there were studies where. Uh, 
or not just other countries but other like religious groups as well like i think mm. in poland uh, they found the people who polish people who had high collective narcissism so they felt that their country was great but other countries undervalued them they had much higher belief in uh, the conspiracy theory that jews are running the world and it was their way of kind of saying that you know that we can't this country you know um doesn't look that great because we're being you know we can't move forward because we're being controlled um mm. but also if you just look straight to like the yeah, left and right in politics in america um that that's where you can the like social motivation to believe in conspiracy theories is really obvious so uh, you have a lot of people on the right trump supporters um who will just you know believe any conspiracy theory about the left and and vice versa as well you know like uh, it you know it it's hard to believe conspiracy theories about your own group so that's the social element about it you know you don't just believe conspiracy theories about anything you know it tends to be about other groups um and you know it, it gives you an easy way of pointing the finger and, and blaming other groups and uh for your own countries or your own groups um yeah wrongdoings or something like that hmm. When you talk about that, I mean, I assume that you know about what happened on uh, January 6th. Mm -hmm. You tried to take over the Capitol. And mm -hmm. for, let me get your opinions about that. As you're looking at this uh, from England, uh, yeah. what were your thoughts about that? Yeah, it's mad. It's mad to see. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, if, for me, I feel like that was like, that's a real ultimate consequence of conspiracy theories. Uh, you know, I wrote a little something about it recently, and I basically said that it's kind of, you know, the, democracy in america uh was stopped in its tracks for like a mm. short moment and that's like no mean feat you know especially how america's seen as you know the light for democracy uh for it to be stopped because of conspiracy theories that to me yeah i think that's like the ultimate uh yeah consequence like to democracy anyway you know they actually stopped it in its tracks and i thought that was mad so yeah i, I think um i i you know i think donald trump should have been um I can't remember the word now. He's it's happened to him twice. Was it impeached? impeached <laughs> he was impeached. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, he was impeached twice, but they, but the Senate refused yes. to yeah, hold yeah, him yeah. accountable or you know mm. get him out of office or, or mm. for the second time uh, convict him and then um, ensure that he could never run or hold mm. another federal yeah. office again. Mm. So, mm. so listen, I share your I share your disappointment with that. Mm. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I absolutely agree with you that um, this that was the ultimate uh, um, the culmination mm. of of conspiracy theories. These QAnon mm. nuts. Um, mm. Have you studied QAnon at, at all? You... No, no. So we're going to do that. I, the research that I'm I'm personally doing a lot is I'm looking at like general belief in conspiracy theories. So I don't really look at like specific um, cons conspiracy theories because we we know that what belief in one conspiracy theory predicts beliefs in others like that that's so we can extrapolate and say that you know most of the findings that we have in the psychology of conspiracy theories could also be true for QAnon believers as well because they they are driven by the same things but specifically on QAnon no I haven't done any research on that and there isn't a lot of research on it at the moment as well but most of the stuff that we find in psychology uh it's very likely that we could extrapolate that to to QAnon believers as well yeah uh, how how well let, let's talk about this um the personality traits we talked about the social kind of stuff what's going on mm. a little bit internally when, when people are just have this you know level of anxiety but mm. there's some some research that you talked about where um some people are you know if they they, they tend to believe these theories 
if they have a lower education level and other mm -hmm. factors. Can you talk about yes. those factors that 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 draw yeah. people to conspiracy theories? Yeah, 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 sure. So actually, we've talked about existential and social, and this actually ties into that third epistemic motive because this is all about understanding the world and how we perceive the world. And uh, yeah, there's lots of lots of interesting stuff in that. Uh, but yeah, one thing they pointed out about education level that's something uh when we do studies you know we always have a couple of questions at the end demographic questions like age uh, gender and then we have education level you know uh did you have you finished a uh, degree level high school level you know just a simple uh, educational attainment question and consistent like well very often it pops up that lower education lower education um attainment uh predicts higher conspiracy belief um and then there, there's been a lot more specific studies instead of just looking at a democratic demographic question where they've actually looked at numeracy literacy um uh, literacy and scientific li literacy and you know uh, scoring low on on these uh, predicts higher conspiracy belief as well uh lower critical thinking um but higher intu intuitive thinking predicts conspiracy belief um because people, you know, and and this is what this is kind of encapsulates uh, these epistemic motives, the the thinking reasons as to why people are drawn to them. Um, it's a lot to do with these biases. Like we can really see the world in different ways. Like you and I, um, you know, we can we, we we have biases that we're more prone to. Um, and it, it, this isn't this is one that's quite uh, interesting. Is that people who see we all have a tendency to see patterns where they don't exist. We can all do that. We can all make patterns out in the clouds, yeah. right? Um, you know, and things like that. But some people can make can see them more than others, right? They can really see patterns where some others are just they don't they don't they don't exist. And that, <laughs> yeah, like the, 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 let's just say like, it, they don't exist. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, not yeah. real. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of and really that is kind of like conspiracy theories as well. Like the, basically, people who see patterns where they don't exist are more likely to to. To believe in conspiracy theories and it makes sense like when you think about conspiracy theories themselves they're all connected uh you know it's when you speak to depend how far someone is down the line down the rabbit hole if you will of conspiracy <laughs> belief um you know the further you go down the more you're going to be able to make connections with all these conspiracy theories the more you're going to be able to make patterns see patterns where they don't exist uh, basically um so you know there's all these reasons like existential reasons and social reasons but for instance, if we, if we draw back to the existential uh, motives that draw people to conspiracy theories, like internal anxieties that people have, or threats like the pandemic or terrorist attacks, well, we're all threatened by them. And all of us have anxieties uh, in us at some point, but not all of us are drawn to conspiracy theories. So this is the bit where, you know, we could say that we know that it comes from existential uh, uh, concerns, but what is it after that that then really draws them to conspiracy theories and it may be that it's because of these different thinking styles that we have so yeah i may have anxiety and so 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 some so uh, will someone else but one of us might see the world differently which then makes it more easier for to for us to to believe in conspiracy theories does that does that make sense what no I, I yeah 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 <laughs> mm. now some of this would you say um 
you know, psychology is, is so different. Uh, it, mm. It's so difficult to to really pin down. Is would we say this is a matter of biology, where their brain functions a certain way? Mm. And I know, and I know this is, I know this is a tough question. <laughs> or is yes. it a matter of of just you know upbringing, right? The the, the environment that yeah. they grew up in, the church mm. that they went to, the the school mm -hmm. system that they were a part of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's a really uh, good question. Um, and I would say normally it's like to do with um, environmental factors and not sort of um, what is it? Environment versus I should know this. Can't remember. Yeah, nature versus nurture. <laughs> that's it. Nature, nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. Sorry. Yeah. So, um, yeah, nurture, nurture. Yeah. So I think that I think most of it is to do with like our upbringing. Uh, you know, and I would say that most definitely because my research actually looked at so attachment styles. There's tons of reasons. It's, it's a it's a very uh, old theory. It's been around for a long time, and um, it's. And it's been tested and proven a lot as well. But these attachment styles come from um, past experiences uh, with, and it's mainly meant to have come from when you were a kid and growing up. Like there's critical points, um, you know, from an early age where, you know, if you're not getting the care and love that you um, that you should be getting, then you will grow up to have insecure, you know, attachment styles, and they're really hard to shape. Um, and um, so I, I think it's, you know, a lot to do with um, how we're nurtured. But at the same time, there is also, and this is why I think it's a really good question that you brought up, there's um, another little school of thought that's arising where they're, they're, they're bringing evolutionary theory into conspiracy belief and actually saying there's, a, there's, a, there's something innate in us, biological, that makes it so that um we are thinking conspiratorially because if we didn't have that in us all of the tribes all of the small tribes from you know hundreds of thousands of years ago they had to be thinking conspiratorially they had to be be wary for other tribes that are going to come in and ambush them because if they didn't think like that then they didn't prepare and they wasn't ready and then and then they got taken out but so uh, in an evolutionary sense the people who survived are the ones who probably did think uh, in a conspiratorial way because they're still alive. They made sure no one was getting them because they were thinking, you know, a couple of steps ahead. So there's, there's, there's yeah, there's been a lot of uh, this. It's theoretical at the moment. Uh, it's hard to really test this empirically because, you know, we're talking stuff that's happened like thousands of years ago. It's really hard to test it. But there's lots of good fear. There's yeah, lots of good theorizing at the moment, which says that this may have come. It may be biological. You know, there's something in us that. We have to think like this, otherwise we may get uh, taken out by another group. I, I absolutely uh, agree with that, even though mm. the Earth is only 6,000 years old. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. no I, I absolutely think that, there, that there's something to that where, where people, absolutely what you, what you said, that you know we, they had to think this way, or they mm. had to be wary of the fact that the, the rustling in the, in the leaves Mm. was a tiger or or mm. whatever you know some predator mm -hmm. that could take them out and if they didn't think mm. like that they wouldn't do to do to do and just kind of went over yeah, there yeah. they'd be taken out so Absolutely, that would take yeah. them out the gene yeah. pool so mm. so yeah there, there's definitely there's definitely something to that mm. and so I, I really want to dig into this attachment style okay <laughs> i mean this is this is something that really is just a i don't know a, a, a really a, a commercial we could put together about <laughs> how to raise your kids yeah, uh, you know, to, so so they won't have these attachment deficiencies, mm. right? So mm -hmm. they won't be drawn to uh, predators or to Donald Trump-like figures or to mm -hmm. cult leaders, etc. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
yeah for sure so so you want to know about like um how these styles come about like what, yeah absolutely. Makes, absolutely yeah 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 so um so a lot of that research is on like child psychology and obviously i'm looking more at like adult um uh, attachment but i can tell you what i know and um what generally what would make a secure uh securely attached person and and i, I think attachment theory is really important as well because these attachment styles predict a lot of other things. They predict general anxiety. They predict depression. You know, people who have insecure attachment styles, there's, they have a lot of uh, adverse psychological effects as well. So, yeah, but people with secure attachment, they're, they're, they're just, yeah, happier and they're just more resilient in, their, in themselves. And that comes about from basically just having parents that are there for you that's it it's just simple as that uh you know when that baby's crying you know make sure you tend to that baby there, uh, there's a lot of like myths i think about how you can over uh, attend to your baby um I, I can't point to any research but i believe that that's like untrue like you know you should always be if your baby's crying it's it, it needs it wants attention you know no, or, or it, it, it's worried or something you can let that baby um you know um uh, feel secure if you make sure you're with them at all times and then because then there's other patterns of caregiving that could be so that one pattern is they're always there okay mm. but then another pattern could be that they're inconsistently there mm. sometimes they're there sometimes they're not now that baby uh will um will appreciate them times that, that the parents are there be happy about that but then might be upset and angry confused when they're not there and it's it, it just creates this like ambivalence like and anxiety and this is where uh this is where these 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 children may grow up to have negative models of themselves and this is how, how attachment anxiety happens because they get attention they like it but it's not always there so they think it must be them like it's something it must be my fault why i don't get this attention obviously they're not thinking this as babies but like you know this is how it starts this is how it starts maybe growing in the mind uh, especially if these um, parenting styles continue you know like sometimes they're sometimes not now for there's another style attachment avoidance um and that is when the parents are generally not there you know they're just generally not there so this this baby grows up to to learn you know when it cries no one's going to come so maybe that baby will stop crying at some point as well and they just learn to deal with stuff on their own and they and they and they're happy well not happy but they they, they believe that no one else is going to look after them so they have to take life in their own hands and this is where they generally have a positive model of themselves but a negative model of others so that's what attachment avoidance because they've had to do you know own, it's their life no one else is going to look after them so they generally tend to be happy with themselves but uh, unhappy with other people mm. so yeah it's these patterns of um parenting styles right I mean, from what I've read and everything, I'm just going to make sure that I'm always there, you know, when the baby cries, <laughs> you, know, you know, like I'm going <laughs> to and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Um, Do you have any kids? Do you have any kids? No, no, not yet. Okay. Not yet. Okay. At some oh. point. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, just make sure that you're there. So yeah, yeah. yeah. That'd be, that'd be, the, that'd be the big thing there. Yeah. Uh, because we don't want them growing up and believing in the conspiracy theories or yeah. voting for Donald mm. Trump or anyone mm -hmm. in the future there. Um, what... Uh, Does any of this research look at, um, and just continuing with the theme of attachment, um, mm. look at broken homes? Uh, do people who come from divorced families or, or anything like that, or grow up in single parent homes, yeah, or maybe the parent died? Is that any of that research? Be, I'm just thinking Ye attach attachment. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you're right. It all it all forms into the same thing. Attachment, you know, when when we lose parents, that really affects our attachment and stuff like that. So no, it's really it's a good question. Um, and yeah, there has been there has been one study which. Um, 
it looked at loads of lo all of these types of issues, basically all uh, family uh, home issues, whether your parents are divorced or they're still alive. And yeah, most of these things predict like uh, conspiracy belief. I can't remember exactly what particular instances, like whether it was having no dad there or no mum there or both or something like that. But generally, yeah, broken. And it all it all falls into this existential need. All it, if we're if you know if we're losing parents or if I've, you know if we're coming from yeah, broken homes or whatever, then, you know, our, our, it, already where our security is thwarted, right? You know, we don't feel secure. When we have, you know, um, good families around us um, and, you know, things are going all right, then we're less likely to be drawn to conspiracy theories. Um, so, yeah, uh, there's, there's been a, some, some studies that have looked at these specific things. And, yeah, they generally do predict, you know, increased conspiracy belief. Um, mm. uh is there a way to break this within the individual and yeah is how do we break this in an individual how do we is there a way to get mm. people to understand that QAnon is nonsense <laughs> mm. or, yeah. or, or the or the queen of the queen of england is is a lizard is nonsense. <laughs> yeah 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 that's the million that's, that's the million dollar question actually uh like yeah my, my my supervisor is always getting that question now um because people are looking to uh, for answers and stuff and that's just you know there's there needs to be a lot more research into that in fact there has been research into it but you know it's not come up it's not um nothing's really um nothing's really come up that's been like right this is this is this is how we can do it there's it's just it's very difficult you know and i don't know if you've tried to to undo the beliefs uh with someone yourself it's very difficult like they come back at with you with so many arguments that arguments that don't make sense neither um and then you just drain your own energy you know it's very difficult to actually undo someone's beliefs um because people especially when you're you're tackling something they believe in you, you know people get defensive you know even if it, even if they think it's like wrong sometimes sometimes people just double down right on, on what they believe in so that's why I say it's not best to really say you look what you're believing in is a load of rubbish uh, you know that's that's definitely not the way to go i would say Finding common ground would be a good thing to do. You know, if you if you were talking about like speaking to people that you know, um, not so much for people they don't know. I wouldn't expend your effort on that. But if you're concerned about family uh, uh, members and friends and stuff like that, then yeah, you want to find common ground, find stuff that you can um, believe in, uh, and then kind of go from there. But I think what what most of the research is pointing out at the moment is that it's hard to undo these beliefs, like try to get someone to stop believing in them. But from what we know about why people are drawn to them in the first place, they're drawn to them in the first place, sorry, because they have issues in their lives. They have existential issues uh, or or maybe, you know, they, they're just in the way that they see the world is just uh, um, uh, biased, right? If we can help them things, without tackling the beliefs that's what we're thinking might be the best thing to do now so mm. going going at the root of the problem instead of tackling the actual conspiracy beliefs themselves because we know it's hard to do that people will double down on their beliefs so actually if we can uh, assage like people's existential concerns that's something that i'm actually looking to do now at the moment in my research we're looking to see if we can uh, boost well-being in people like and give them techniques to 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 reduce anxiety and we're looking towards clinical psychology for this um to see if this can have a knock-on effect on beliefs in conspiracy theories so it's not yeah it's not really like the best answer as in like, how could you how could someone listen in help a friend or a family member um yeah i mean it could help in a way what i would suggest is try and 
you know if 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 it seems like they're unhappy in their life then you know let's try and make them happy and and then it may just be that they just stop uh, the appeal just stops because they they have no need to look to explanations to to figure out for their unhappiness does that does that make no, sense no yeah yeah i absolutely understand i mm. think and i do i actually agree with that with that um, assessment i i mm -hmm. think that that's correct you know i don't give the former president very much credit but when he was asked one time about um the rise of white supremacism in america mm. um he said you know if we he said something along the lines of uh you know if, if we can get people jobs um uh, then then that kind of threat would go away and he said mm. it in kind of passing but it, it was mm. really true i yeah, think that, that a lot yeah. of people are, are very anxious about you know the, the, you know not only the pandemic closing but just the yeah. loss of jobs all the jobs being shipped overseas from from here yeah, yeah, loss yeah. Of manufacturing jobs loss of farming jobs and all that so i think that 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 i absolutely believe that that stems the tide and mm. grows the wave of, of these conspiracy theories these people are taking our jobs mm. uh um uh you know the QAnon, the government is 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 giving into this because they're a bunch of pedophiles or whatever QAnon mm. believes or you know just just crazy yeah. thinking you know, so mm, I, mm, I agree with that. If we can cool. stop this, you know, build up the economy, get people jobs, get people back yeah. to work, then I yeah. think that, that I certainly think that that would help. Good. I'm glad you think so, because that's kind of where we're going at the moment with the research. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. So I... <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what what should what can the public do in the meantime? I mean, we're all dealing with this. They're voting people in the office, as we talked about. They're believing the queen is the <clears> wizard. <throat> I'm never going to forget that. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. just, you know, just just just, you know, 911 was an inside uh, job. Mm. Uh, just just crazy stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's hard to I mean. The public wise, I mean, yeah, because it's really down to the individual. Um, just trying to think. I mean, for, for the people who aren't believing that at the moment, I don't need to give any advice to them, right? It's, mm. it's the advice would need to go for the people who believe in, in them. I'll just, they need to really look critically. I, and it's hard because I was going to say they need to look critically at their evidence, but then they will say that they are, <laughs> um, you know. Um, but yeah. Do, do, do they have the same. Uh, here in America, like our press is is really uh, taking a a hit, a beating as far as the public opinion. Uh, mm. Is the same thing going on there? People don't believe in CNN. They don't believe in Fox News. They don't believe, uh, you know, the, we, our press is just looked at and so crazy. Do, is the same thing phenomenon going on in England where uh, the press is yeah. not believed? Yeah, I don't think it's um, probably not the same level as like in in the US. But there's always, I think. I think that just comes with uh, believing in conspiracy theories. And I think that's always been there with conspiracy beliefs. But I think what you're yeah, kind of getting at is, yeah, it's very unique in the US. It's, it's always very, it's always <laughs> very you. unique. Uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, the, um, I, I think I, I, it's really hard to compare, actually, because we don't really have like opinion news stations, neither, right? Like our, our news, news stations are just matter of fact. Uh, well, other people would tell you differently. Other people would tell you that BBC is a Tory run, um, uh, conservative run uh, news agency. But then the people on the left, uh, people in the, the Tories would, people on the right would also say that the BBC is a left wing run. Um, it, it, it can't really win. And I think the BBC is actually quite neutral. But, you know, this is what, this is what we, this is what we're getting out of research when we say it all depends on your how you see the world. For me, I think the BBC is neutral. That's because I don't really believe in, I mean, I'm, I'm not drawn to any conspiracy theories. But for people who believe in, on the left, who believe in some conspiracy theories uh, about the right, 
vice versa. They will see the BBC News as uh, left and right wing propaganda, uh, propaganda, and they're just, you know, that that's this is the lens uh, through 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 um, these social motives. Mm. Has your I'll try to end this very soon. Has your research uh, looked at? I know that there was some research before about uh, the size of the amygdala in in right leaning people. Have you looked at that? Maybe they're just more scared all, all the time and all that type of thing. Yeah, no, I've not. I've not done too much about that. Uh, but oh, okay. I know that. Like, <laughs> but I know. But I, but I know that. Yeah, the right apparently like right wing politics or um it is a lot to do with threats like it's driven yeah. by threats so i yeah. think that might be what you was getting at um, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, they 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 have more they have they have brain differences ah. size of the amygdala and therefore they they are more scared of more things ah. right the, okay the, yeah the illegal aliens the yeah 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 uh, you know yeah yeah i didn't know so much about the actual brain size in the study but that yeah. kind of coincides with uh the other findings that and actually you know this this pandemic as well it's normally like big existential threats uh is what draws people to like conservatism uh and that's kind of where this idea as well of looking at these motivations to conspiracy belief uh, came from as well um but yeah i and and the, uh, i believe the the right do seem to be a little bit more conspiratorial minded than the left that they, they both are conspiratorial but like in studies that we've seen uh basically it's, it's, the, it's the extreme people on the left and the extreme people, extreme left and extreme right are the ones that tend to believe in conspiracy theories. But in the middle, not so much. But the extreme right tends to believe them a little bit more than the extreme left, uh, I think. Very mm. good. Mm. Well, thanks for coming on, man. I really, really appreciate it. Great conversation. Um, listen, I don't know, man. I mean, just keep the flies away from uh, the, uh, <laughs> uh, away from the queen there. And, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's been great. Uh, Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, man. Um, maybe I can have you back when you actually finish your PhD. We can talk about your research and, and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, that'd be great. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, man, I really, really appreciate it. Tell your your professor uh, I, I'm appreciative of her mm -hmm. re recommending you. And uh, I tried to reach out to a couple of people here in the U.S. and nobody wanted to talk about it. So. Uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> no way. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I'd love to do this again, actually. Uh, but I have another colleague who's doing a PhD uh, as well. And he, he's always up. He wants to do things like this as well. So if you wanted okay. to hear perspective, he's he, he really knows a lot about the social side of things as well. So um, I'll get you in contact with him as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I'd love mm. to have him. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, cool. Uh, okay. More Brits, the more better. Yeah. So. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> All right. But thanks. I will let you know when I publish this. And uh, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Take care. See ya. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Police reform is more than just a trending topic. My name is Lawrence Hunter. I'm a retired police captain from the state of Connecticut, and I've written a new book called Police Reform. And I talk about the evolution of law enforcement here in America and what changes need to be made in order to improve the relationship between the police and the communities that they serve. Over the past few months, it has become increasingly more important and more evident that there's something amiss and awry between the police and the communities that they serve. So whether you're about defunding the police or defending the police, if you're about Blue Lives Matter or Black Lives Matter, no matter what side of the fence you happen to sit on, make sure that you pick up your copy of Police Reform today.